Welcome to Battleground Politics. I'm Lauren Make. The race for a seat on Pennsylvania's Supreme Court has become heated and expensive. It's gotten a lot of attention from outside Pennsylvania, in part because this court could see cases involving abortion and elections in the future. Now, Democrats hold the majority on the court, and this race will not change the balance of power. But if the Republican wins, it would cut the margin down to just one justice. I spoke to both candidates, Democrat Dan McCaffrey and Republican Carolyn Carluccio. We start with my conversation with Carolyn Carluccio. We started by talking about how heated the campaign for this seat has become, and I asked her how she'd describe this race. So this race is for a really important seat, and I think the heated part of it is showing you how important the race is. I'm a little sad, to be honest with you, about the negativity, but that's part of politics. And in this Commonwealth, we've decided that judges are elected. Although we're one of only seven states that elect Supreme Court justices, that's what we're doing. So it does become heated. I know you've said you've had some reservations about the idea that we do elect judges. But why is that? And how else would you do it? So there's been such great parts of electing a judge. I've gotten through this Commonwealth and seen such a beautiful part of it. I've met so many wonderful people, but I've also seen the downside to electing judges, and that's the negativity, and it's the special interest money that's getting involved. And I think once you have special interest money, people don't always have the trust in the judiciary, and it's so important to have that trust in the judiciary. Judiciary. So it is, it, we do elect judges we here do. in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. um, you are running uh, as a Republican. Why are you a Republican? I've been a Republican my whole life. It's a party I align myself with. I don't necessarily agree with everything the party stands for, but nor and I haven't been political. Honestly, for 14 years, I've sat on the Court of Common Pleas apolitical because as a judge, politics cannot come with me onto the bench. My personal and political opinions have no place there. And you need to be affiliated with the party in order to run for judge in this Commonwealth. We talked about how things have gotten a little bit heated. I wanted to give you an opportunity to respond to some of the things that people are seeing in ads. Uh, in one of them, um, it says that you had wiped anti-abortion language from your website. What's your response to that? So it's really simple. I've been consistent my entire time that I will follow the law. And the law in Pennsylvania is very clear. I will protect a woman's right to choose because that's the law here. I've never had any anti-abortion language on my website. I've never wiped my website. These are simply allegations without any facts to base them up. So what was the change in language? So about a month and a half before the primary, I changed political consultants. And at that point in time, what we did is we just updated our resume and our website. And there was a resume attached to the website. And there was language there. It says, we'll protect all life under the law. And that's exactly what it means. Our law protects a woman's right to choose up to 24 weeks, and I will protect that. The Pennsylvania, uh, the, the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is endorsing you. Yes. Are they misguided to think that you would represent their beliefs? Look, they've been very clear. The reason they endorsed me was because I said I would follow the law. Other pro-life organizations have chosen not to endorse me because I would not say anything other than I'd follow the law. And as a judge, I feel so strongly Every candidate for judge and for justice should tell you they're going to follow the law and they should not be giving you their personal opinions because that violates one of our judicial canons. Do you believe that women in Pennsylvania have a constitutional right to an abortion? The law is very clear that yes, they have a right to an abortion up to 24 weeks and that's the law I'm going to apply. I don't see that changing. 
And it's important, look, I became a judge to uphold people's rights. I did not become a judge to take away anyone's rights. I feel very firmly, I'm a woman, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, and I've done this my entire career. I'm in no way taking away anyone's rights. You say you don't see that changing, but certainly there were a lot of people who didn't see Roe versus Wade changing, and that changed on a federal level and allowed states yeah. to set more restrictions uh, or ban abortion in their states if they so chose. Do you think that legislators in Pennsylvania um, could further restrict access legally in Pennsylvania? Look, every, they can try to do what they're going to do, but it would take an What would your response be I if mean, it came to the court then? Well, if it came, if it got through the legislature, the Senate, and the governor, that's the only way it would get to me. And at that point, my job is to see if it's constitutional. And that's a very high bar in order to say that it's not constitutional. So all I would do is determine its constitutionality. And I'd have to see the law before I would make that decision. And so in terms of the constitutionality, you talked about that 24 week, um, the 24 weeks that is yeah. the, the limit right now. Um, ultimately, is there, constitutionally, do you think there could be more restrictions in Pennsylvania? I can't even comment on that. At this point in time, it's been held to be constitutional, and that's what I believe, that this is the law and it's constitutional. And there's no reason to believe anything other than that. I know that um, you've also raised concerns about judicial activism. Do you think it was judicial activism for the Supreme Court to strike down Roe versus Wade? So I reject judicial activism, whether it comes from a Republican or a Democrat. It happens on both sides, and I think that it does not belong in our courts. To be honest with you, there's a very big difference between our United States Supreme Court and our Pennsylvania Supreme Court, and that's the judicial rules of conduct, which have been established in Pennsylvania. And they're strict rules because people in Pennsylvania deserve justices and judges that follow the law. That controls political statements, it, it controls personal opinions, it controls nepotism, it controls how we conduct ourselves as judges. And that's a big difference between the two courts. Do you think that the U.S. Supreme Court was acting with any type of judicial activism when they struck down Roe versus Wade? You can call it judicial activism. I don't really know. I don't really want to comment on what another court has done because that's not my purview. Right now, my job is to focus on 2023 and our Pennsylvania Supreme Court. My job is to focus on bringing someone who is rejecting judicial activism in every way, Republican or Democrat. It's occurred both ways. Another uh, <coughs> big issue um, has been the election laws in yes. Pennsylvania and Act 77, which mm -hmm. did change some things in terms yeah. of people being able to, uh, for example, vote by mail mm -hmm. and making that available mm -hmm. to everyone who wants to, to vote that way. Um, you had said that you would be uh, happy to take to take a look at, at that. Uh, can you explain what you meant by that? What is it that you would want to look at with Act 77? Is there something specific that you think um, needs to be changed? No, absolutely. Act 77 is the law, and I abide by it, and I think it's a good law. I think that everybody's You think it's a good law? I do think it's a good law. What I don't think is that it's you being... You previously said it had been bad for Pennsylvania. That was taken out of context, and that's really important to understand that so many of my words have been taken out of context because it fits the narrative that somebody else wants to create around So you it. don't think that Act 77 has been bad for Pennsylvania? I think that we need to consistently apply Act 77. I think what has happened is, is that people in the electorate have lost faith in our voting system because of the fact it has not been applied consistently. And it's incumbent upon all of us to apply that law consistency consistently. As judges, we need to do it transparently and consistently. 
consistently. And if we have those two elements, then the entire electorate can feel comfortable that their votes count. Everyone's vote should count and they should feel that way. People will obviously be making decisions in this election, yes. whether to vote for you or for your opponent, either in person yes. or voting by mail. Uh, are you comfortable with people voting for you by mail Absolutely. this year? Absolutely. I'm, I'm comfortable with them voting for everyone by mail. I'm encouraging people to use the mail because it, it guarantees that your vote's going to count. You could, we call it banking the vote. Look, you know your vote's there and it's going to count. Everyone should utilize it. They should feel comfortable that it's a safe, effective system for getting our votes out there. You're confident in that system? I am confident in that system, absolutely. And you think voters should be confident in it as Yes, well? voters should be confident in it. Um, you were asked, I'm going to stay on the topic of election uh, issues, you were asked recently if you thought that Joe Biden won the 2020 election uh, by the Philadelphia Inquirer. Um, and you said you had no idea whether Joe Biden won the 2020 election. Joe Biden won the election. Why did you say that? Because the way the question was asked, I was just, I thought it was a crazy question. Of course he's our president. And that's what I said did immediately he win after. the 2020 election? Yes, he won the 2020 election. Yes, he's our president. Did, did former President Trump lose Pennsylvania and lose the 2020 election? He was our president. I don't know, he won the election. Biden no, won did, the election. I don't former, understand the Did former President Trump lose Pennsylvania and lose the election in 2020? More, in 2020, he lost the election, absolutely. Yeah. Can you understand why your response to that garnered some attention? Sadly, I do, because they're trying to find something to hang on me. And the truth is, he is our president. I have no doubt about that. The way the question was asked was taken out of context once again. And that's what's happening in this election. And that's part of politics. I understand that. I need to be more clear with my words. I have no doubt that Joe Biden is our president. President Biden is our president. I have no doubt that President Trump lost the election. It is possible that um, there will be election cases that could come before the court. Tell me how you would approach them in 2024 or beyond. Really easy question. I'm going to follow the law. It's that simple. And the people of the Commonwealth can be very comfortable that they know where I'm going to go because I'm not an activist. I will follow the law. It's when you have an activist judge that the people should be concerned because they're going to change the law based on whatever they perceive to be the way it should go. And that can change from day to day. It's important that there's independence and non-bias in our judiciary. That's the way the electorate can feel comfortable that their judges are following the law and doing the right thing. There has been uh, a trend recently in Pennsylvania of um, the legislature going to the voters for constitutional amendments, for them to vote on constitutional amendments and changing Pennsylvania's constitution. And I wonder just um, how do you feel about that, about that approach to changing our state's constitution? That's the way our government's set up. It is the legislature that has the ability to amend our constitution. And if that's something that needs to be done, that's where it gets done. The problem I have is when they come to the courts and want them to amend the constitution. It's not our job. And, and I, I'm very firm about the branches of government. Our whole system, that's baked into our Constitution. And there's three branches of government because that's how we protect our society. Everyone needs to understand where they fit in the, in the system. And I understand very clearly that my role is not to write laws, it's not to change laws. My role is to apply those laws. You uh, had mentioned uh, in an interview that you did that, that judges have been under attack. Yes. Why do you want this job? <laughs> Well, I've been a judge for 14 years and I truly have loved every minute of it. I love what I do. My entire career has been in public service. 
I've never taken the time out to go earn money in a law firm. I've been in public service because I truly believe in helping the people of the Commonwealth. I love this state. I love this county. And I think that they need, they deserve a justice who understands where they fit in society and is going to do the right thing every time. Thank you so much for your time. Thank Appreciate you. It. That was Republican Carolyn Carluccio. I also spoke with Democrat Dan McCaffrey. Here's that conversation. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time during the campaign. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So this race has become fairly high profile. It's become expensive. It has become heated. It's gotten attention outside of Pennsylvania. Uh, is this what you were expecting? Not at all. Um, quite the contrary. Uh, we tell everybody it's uh, the race has gotten very heated, but not really between the candidates, um, at least in my, my, from my perspective. I mean, I've not mentioned anything negatively about my opponent at all. I try to kind of run on the merits of the case um, for reasons that are really beyond our control. A lot of outside influence and a lot of outside money has kind of, you know, flown into this particular race, but it's uh, something that was completely unexpected and surprising to me. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there is such an interest in this race? Personally, I think a lot of it has to go back to two years ago. Um, two years ago, um, there was an open Supreme Court seat race between Judge Marie McLaughlin and Judge Kevin Bropson. Um, I think what happened in that race was that there was a lot of outside money that was kind of uh, thrown into the race against Judge McLaughlin. She was, um, in a lot of people's opinion, kind of unprepared to deal with it. There was about $5 million in false, negative, misleading advertisement that was kind of thrown against her in the final stages of that campaign by this group, Commonwealth Leaders Fund, um, funded by a, a, a Republican mega donor, Jeffrey Yass. Um, I think a lot of people leading up to my election were kind of prepared for that. And they were kind of saying that, you know, this is the same thing's going to happen to you. And I didn't believe it at first, but uh, over the last two months, we've seen it happen directly. And I think there were a lot of people, both in state and out of state, who were prepared to kind of fight back and deal with that. So a lot of people may not be used to thinking about judges uh, in a partisan way, uh, but that is the way we elect them. Uh, you are a Democrat. Why are you a Democrat? I'm a Democrat for social justice issues. Uh, my mother and father are Irish immigrants. They came to this country to escape sectarian violence and to make a better name and better life for their children. Um, we settled here in the city of Philadelphia. My father became an organizer for the communication workers. He was a printer. And my mom was a janitor for the Philadelphia School District at Farrell Elementary School in 26 years, a proud SEIU member. So when people ask me that question about why I'm a Democrat, I always show them a picture of me and my brothers and sisters when I was about four years old walking a picket line. Um, I grew up in a, uh, the labor movement here in Philadelphia. Um, it was naturally, the natural fit was the Democratic Party. So when I got back from the United States Army, I began working for the Democratic Party here in the city of Philadelphia, fighting for social justice issues, criminal justice reform issues, things of that nature, and that kind of led me into politics. So you have said that if people elect Democrats, Democrats will stand up uh, and protect women's reproductive rights. If Pennsylvania were to enact more restrictive abortion laws, what is it that you think you could do about it? Well, I think if Pennsylvania, right now Pennsylvania's got the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act, which basically provides that um, abortion in Pennsylvania is legal up through the 23rd week of pregnancy. Most people forget um, Post-Dobbs, one of the first things that happened here in Pennsylvania was that the Republican-controlled legislature tried to enact a constitutional amendment outlawing women's abortion rights. Uh, there's only one reason you would do that, and that's if you intend at some point in the future to try to repeal the Abortion Control Act. I think a lot of people took note of that. Um, I've made no bones about it, and I've said it time and time again. I think the Dobbs decision was wrongly decided. I think women's reproductive rights is a um, covered right under our Constitution. 
dating back from Roe versus Wade. And I think in the event that that matter has to come before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, the Pennsylvania Constitution will cover women's reproductive rights. Do you think that women of Pennsylvania have a constitutional right to an abortion? Um, I do. So what is it that you think you could do on the Supreme Court that would, as you said, protect women's reproductive rights? Well, I don't think it's limited to women's reproductive rights. I think when you're talking about, and the examples I use is what happened at the United States Supreme Court, as opposed to what happened at the Pennsylvania Supreme Court level. I think when you, when you elect someone like Dan McCaffrey, I've spent 40 years of my life as a soldier, as a prosecutor, as a civil attorney, as a trial judge, and as an appellate court judge, defending people's constitutional rights. And it's not just limited to women's reproductive rights. We're talking about things at issue like voting rights. We're talking about LGBTQ equality. Um, and that's why I use the example of what's happening right now at the national level. We have a majority um, on our Supreme Court right now, the United States Supreme Court, who describe themselves as originalists. Um, the Dobbs decision was the first in a series of decisions that basically are stripping away at the federal constitutional basis um, substantive due process rights and throwing those cases back into the state courts to be decided under the state court constitutions. That is right. It does throw it back to the states, which means that states, including Pennsylvania, could choose to have more restrictive abortion laws. So why not Pennsylvania? That is where things stand in this country right now, as decided by the highest court in the land. Well, all the highest court in the land decided was that these cases had to be decided under our state constitutions. This, you, have to, you have to remember, the federal constitution is, a, is a, really nothing more than a floor. The state constitutions can always provide greater rights, but they can't provide lesser rights. That's why I believe in Pennsylvania, and I believe under most state constitutions, women's reproductive rights would actually be covered under state constitutions as opposed to the federal constitution, which now says there's no federal, federally protected constitutional right to an abortion. I know you've had some concerns about judicial activism and talked about that as a, as a threat in, in courts. But what you're describing, some people might say that that is judicial activism going in with that decision made. Quite the contrary. I think what you're seeing right now at the United States, I mean, when you have to define what judicial activism is. Judicial activism tends to be a conservative buzzword. A lot of people say I'm not a judicial activist on the conservative side of things. But judicial activism is really nothing more than ignoring precedent to arrive at a conclusion that's not supported by the law. Take the Dobbs decision, for instance. You had 50 years of precedence. Roe versus Wade was decided in 1973. Roe versus Wade found that there was a federally protected right for women to have an abortion. That was all done away with after 50 years. That's, that's the, the epitome of judicial activism. What you're seeing right now at the United States Supreme Court level, which is the ignoring and um, basically scaling back prior precedent, that, in my opinion, is judicial activism. What you want are judges who are clear concise and most importantly consistent so i think over 40 years of my life that's one thing that everybody agrees with dan mccaffrey's always been clear i've always been concise and i've always been consistent on those particular issues as we talked about this race has gotten heated voters are seeing some ads on television against you i wanted to give you an opportunity to respond to some of them to give your explanation uh, one of them involves a uh, a scandal that happened in Pennsylvania involving some pornographic emails. It did involve your brother. Mm -hmm. um, how did that touch you? Did you receive some of those emails and how did you handle it? Absolutely not. Um, you this received is, none of the emails? I received, well, I received nothing pornographic in nature whatsoever. I received a personal email, which was kind of one of those funny memes 
And my response was, and it was the first week I got sworn in, my response was, please don't send personal emails to a judicial account. Send it to a personal account. I never received a pornographic email. The fact that these kind of email, that these advertisements are being kind of leveled against me right now just shows, goes to show um, levels of desperation that really have no place in a judicial election. We should be running on our experience. We should be running on our qualifications. People are trying to pull me into an email scandal that I had nothing to do with. I wasn't named in the Attorney General's report. Nothing about that was ever connected to me whatsoever. The fact that people are trying to, millionaires and billionaires are trying to confuse people into thinking I had something to do with that email scandal because of my last name is, in my opinion, disgusting. It's reprehensible and I think it's, it's defamatory, frankly. There's another uh, newer ad out that talks about a taxpayer-funded job for a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Can you respond to that one? Yeah, that's already been something that's been decided by the ethics board. We got a judicial ethics opinion. Um, the employee in question was somebody who worked for the judicial district, the first judicial district, since 2006. I neither hired nor promoted any of these particular individuals. When I was elected judge in 2014, the staff, my staff, was assigned to me. Uh, two of the members of my staff came to me on the Pennsylvania Superior Court. The law that they're questioning about, and this was something that was floated by the same people, the Commonwealth Leaders Fund and my opposition, they floated it to no less than half a dozen news outlets. Each one of those news outlets contacted the Ethics Board, contacted the Administrative Office of Pennsylvania Courts, and were told the facts are wrong, the law is wrong, there's nothing here. Judge McCaffrey, who sits on the Court of Judicial Discipline, I was selected to serve on the Court of Judicial Discipline, did nothing wrong, and there's no violation. That's been put out there. Nonetheless, this particular organization has seen fit to kind of run that particular advertisement. We're in the process of now of seeking a cease and desist order to take it down because it's false, it's defamatory, and it's misleading to the taxpayers of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. It does a disservice to taxpayers. It does a disservice to, frankly, to, to, to you know, entirely judicial campaigns. You have said that the Constitution is a living document. Can you just explain for voters what you mean by that? Well, I didn't say it's a living document. Thomas Jefferson and James Madison said it was a living document. Um, that was their uh, interpretation. Listen, the, the Constitution, it, people kind of think of the Constitution in these elevated kind of lofty terms. The Constitution was broadly written by our founding fathers to allow it to kind of be interpreted for changing conditions and changing society. They were really geniuses kind of seeing that how this would evolve. The Constitution's really evolved over 200 years. Separate is no longer equal. Things of that nature have evolved over 200 years, and that's consistent with the evolution of the law for 200 years. It's really come, come up against a brick wall recently, and when I say recently, I mean over the last 50 years with these concepts of originalism. My opponent describes herself as originalist. Robert Bork was the person who came up with the concept of originalism, and what originalism really was was nothing more than a, a pushback to a lot of the um, extensions of substantive due process rights that were happening at the United States Supreme Court level in the 60s and 70s. We have seen uh, Pennsylvania's election laws certainly being um, debated both legislatively and in, and in the courts. Uh, do you think that Pennsylvania's elections are being administered um, fairly and consistently throughout the state? I do. I do. I, I think we've seen, we've been pretty clear. Um, Donald Trump fought over, what, 60, 65 lawsuits to overturn the election, including several right here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Um, we've seen no fraud. We've, need, we've seen nothing kind of um, that would call into question the legitimacy of our elections. For people to kind of raise that particular point um, is somewhat disturbing. When you have election deniers running for office, it causes people to pause and start thinking about why they're running for office and what their real intentions are. 
I've been pretty clear and I've been pretty consistent. Act 77, which is the vote by mail, uh, was really passed with bri broad bi bipartisan support. And the whole concept behind it was to encourage voter participation. Um, I haven't seen anything that would suggest that there's any kind of fraud happening in Pennsylvania. I think the counties do a nice job of kind of uh, making sure that there is no fraud and that these um, election integrity is really uh, paramount. Do you agree with the decisions that have been made so far in terms of the administering of that law when it comes to, for example, mail-in ballots, how they have to be handled, whether there needs to be a date on them, for example? Well, I got to be careful about that. The judicial canons um, make sure that judges are never supposed to comment on a matter that's likely to appear in front of them, and we can never commit to a decision. So the judicial canons would kind of preclude me from giving an opinion on where I would be in the future on those particular issues. But generally speaking, you have to administer the law fairly, evenly, and impartially across the board based upon the facts presented. Um, you mentioned the constitutional amendment issue in Pennsylvania, which has become uh, a more popular... Become uh, a weapon. It's been weaponized. By who? By the Republican Party. I mean, by, by the, you know, frankly, by the Republican legislature. How do you feel about the Constitution in general, the Pennsylvania's Constitution being altered by, by the voters? The, it's the voters who decide, ultimately. Well, the voters decide constitutional amendments, but the Supreme Court has to decide whether or not um, it, it comports with actual constitu the Constitution itself. The, for instance, I'll give you is the proposed constitutional amendment that was um, put forth by the Republican legislature in response to Dobbs, right? We all know the language. They were basically asking the citizens for an advisory opinion of whether or not the Pennsylvania Constitution protects women's reproductive rights. That's not a job for the citizens. That's a job for the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. So you can actually argue that it calls into question the legitimacy of the entire amendment process generally and specifically that particular amendment. Do you think that those questions should not be allowed to go to the voters? What question? Those constitutional amendment questions. I, I have certain questions about that particular amendment or the proposed language of that amendment. I don't think you should be asking the citizens of Pennsylvania for an advisory opinion. In other words, hey, tell us what you think the Constitution says. That's not for the citizens. That's for the courts to decide. And that's for the Supreme Court to decide on all final levels of the Constitution. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate that it. it. You can find more Battleground Politics on our website. Just go to NBC10.com slash Battleground Politics. You can also find episodes on our YouTube channel, and you can subscribe to be notified when there are new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.